Today we are going back to, to one that I have preached from, but, but we need to revisit the foundation of it again. We are in Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13. Thank God I just got my voice, just enough time to lose it again. <laughs> but it be like that. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Matthew, chapter 16, beginning the verse. 13. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. It will be on the screen before you. And it reads as such in our hearing. Now, when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They answered, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah are one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you yourself say? You who've been with me, who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus said to him, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood, man, have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, I tell you, uh, you are Peter, Greek, Petra, a large piece of rock on the rock, Greek, Petra. A huge rock like Gibraltar. I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the power of the infernal region, shall not shall not overpower it or be strong to its determinant or hold out against it. Amen. We are the church. And this is our story. Our story. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you move Tracy out of the way and allow there to be a conversion of word and spirit. As I yield myself to you, bring back to my remembrance everything that, that you should owe me. Father, allow me to convey and allow there be such an anointing in this place that your people will hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, open up blinded eyes. Open up closed ears. Open up hearts that we may receive what you are saying to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I, <coughs> want us to capture the picture that is seen in this text in, in Matthew, in, in, in chapter 16. My question is, what is Jesus doing leading them to Caesarea Philippi? He has come to preach the word to the children of Israel first, but he has taken them someplace that as a Jewish person, they don't usually go. He has taken them into a Gentile land, and, and his, his mission is, is, in, is in Jerusalem, is in the Jewish land, in Israel. And, and of all places, why would he take them to Caesarea of Philippi. Don't you know what they do at Caesarea of Philippi? Don't you know what happens in Caesarea of Philippi? He could not be taking us to the mountain part 
that is a rock part because here is where they do baby sacrifice. Here is the seat of evil and it is believed that from that cave over there that demons come out and come in as they go back and forth to hell. What is, what is he doing taking us to the seat of evil? Can't you imagine the disciples are looking at you and saying, What's, why, why? This is evil. I can feel the evil. Don't you see those, those figurines and they have carved out in the mountainside that is made out of rocks. They have carved out shells and places where they will put their figurines of God and they pray for what is he doing bringing us here? He has brought us to the gate of the devil's lair. He has brought us to where the devil throne is. And he turns with that in the backdrop. And he asked them the question yes, that needs to be answered. Because all else is everything is based on their answer. Yes, First of all, who do the outside people? Yes, what is the gossip about me? I'm not talking about the inside people. I'm talking about the outside people. Well, what are they saying? They, they talk to y'all. They, they've been talking to y'all. They've been, they've, been, they've, been, they've been running by. They've been yeah. gossiping. Who, who do they say that I am? Well, Lord, they say you one of the prophets. Perhaps you're John the Baptist and came back. Perhaps you're Elijah. Elijah. Perhaps you're Jeremiah or somebody else. He said, can, can you see Jesus moving a little bit closer? Sir? Okay. In the next of the power of the devil, yes, who do you say? Church, dependent on our answer is going to be our attitude. <laughs> uh, Y'all don't hear me. See, 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 based on what you say about Jesus, who you say you are, it, 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 it determines how you handle situations in life. You see, you see, see, if you don't see him as, as who he is, the devil going to play games on you. You see, 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 you see, see, he brought them to this place on purpose because what he's saying is, is that in spite of your rumors, in spite of your fears, if you see me for who I am, I'm greater than all this. Uh, Y'all really do need to hear me. Listen, he is, that's the first time he used the word Elkasia, which stands for church, which is called out ones. So what I'm doing is I'm calling you out of this darkness, and I'm establishing you as my church. And you being my church, you need to know that no power in hell can stop what I started. Go, 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 go back, show it, bring it back up again. Look, look what he says. Look what he says. He, he, Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, thou art son of the living God, thou art the anointed one. You are God in the flesh. You, you are the son, which, which means that you are equal to God, which means that you have to be God, which means that you are God in the flesh with us, and you're the one that the Old Testament the Christ, the Messiah, that the Old Testament talked about that was going to come. You're him. You're him. I, I, I see something. Jonah, Jonah, Peter, you didn't get this from nobody but God. You have seen past my humanness, and you have seen my divineness. You, 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 you see past what you see in your eyes and your spiritual eyes got a glimpse that I am him. Peter, you're right. Based on what you just see, I'm going to build something. Did you know that we as a church 
is built upon this testimony that your salvation, your deliverance, your healing, your, your everything is based on who Jesus is. Church, somebody ought to say hallelujah. Come on. Now watch this. Why here? Why here? Because in the Jewish mind, there is no scarier, no evil, more evil place than here. Notice what Jesus is actually saying. He says, I'm going to build it in enemy territory. And there's nothing that the devil can do about it. Ah, y'all, y'all need to hear me. Because he's not just talking about the organized church. He's talking about you and I. When he called you out, there was nothing that the devil could do about it. Matter of fact, if you really know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's nothing that the devil can do about it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says that we are sealed. That means that you can't go back. That means that you can't lose what the Lord put his stamp on. Allow me to give you an illustration. Do y'all remember the children of Israel that, that they was God's witness in the Old Testament? But they are also a picture of us in the New Testament. Allow me to explain. Remember that these band of slaves became slaves to the most powerful uh, empire on the, on the earth in that age, and that was Egypt, and Egypt is a type of the world, and Pharaoh was in control of Egypt. He was a king, and nobody questioned him, and he's a type of the devil. But don't you remember that when God got sick and tired of uh, Pharaoh treating his people any old way, that God starts showing out with miracles. Don't you remember that he delivered them through the Red Sea? Not, 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 just, just, not just any old way, but on dry ground through the Red Sea. Don't you remember that when his folks got through, he closed up the Red Sea? Now, now watch it. Closing up the Red Sea was for two purposes. One is the Egyptians couldn't get to them. And number two, they couldn't go back to Egypt. Allow me to make myself clear. When God saved you, he closed it up. When God saved you, you can't go back. Uh, I'm not saying you can't dip, but, but your spirit has been changed. If you're saved, you're saved. Is there anybody saved in the house? Is there anybody saved in the house? One of the problems with the church is we think the story is there. But the truth of the matter is our story has just begun. See, the promise on the floor to them was there's a land with milk and honey that I have given you, but you got to fight for it. Now notice what he says. He said, you, you, you got to take what is already yours. There's going to be a people there that's bigger than you, stronger than you, greater than you, but I'm your God. And if you trust me and take me at my word, though you're going to have to fight, I'm going to be in a fight with you. And I don't care how big they are, how, how, how good they are, how experienced they are, because I'm on your side. I guarantee that you're going to win the fight. You just got to have the faith the fight. Is there anybody fighting the death? Is there anybody fighting the good fight of faith? Though the, the, the enemy look like he got you down, 
You have made up your mind, I'm gonna fight. Cause I know who's on my side, so I'm gonna fight. I know at the end I'm gonna win, so I'm gonna fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's listen. That story told in the Old Testament parallels our story in the New Testament. That in order for us to bring up out of us the glory that God placed in us, you got to fight. You got to fight to listen. Do you know what held the children of Israel back from attaining their, their blessing? Their negative thinking. They kept on talking about, we're going to go back, number one, you can't go back. Because God is not going to open up the Red Sea for you to go back. But why in the world do you want to go back to onions and melons? I just want to see a, I just want to see a show of hands. How many people are going to have an onion sandwich today? No meat, no hamburger, just sliced onions on a slice of bread. Why, why would you go back when you've been delivered from that? And the melons they was eating, I'm sure it was rotten melons. Because the Egyptians ate the good melons. <laughs> See, how can I say this? I'm just going to say it. I, I'm trying, it's not that I don't want to say it. I'm trying to say it in a way that you can understand it. When you are used to only having crumbs, <laughs> you begin to think crumbs is a meal. Okay. Okay. I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. The devil been giving us crumbs and has deceived us to think that we've been eating a meal. And, and we get satisfied with crumbs instead of fighting to kick the devil out our seat that we can sit at the table because it's our... Let me, let me, let me hurry. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. My, my brothers and sisters, one of the things that the Israelites and the church have to do, we have to go through a transition period that we come out of not no longer believing what the devil said to us and did to us and begin to walk in the truth of what God says of us. I can never, you can never attain what God has put in you till you begin to believe that he has done it. Without walking in it, without seeing it, by faith. Something happens that you refuse to let go until God does what he said he's going to do. Now, that means then the first place that you and I are going to receive our blessing is in our thinking. When you become to know who you are, there's certain things you don't allow yourself to go back to. Once you done had steak and potatoes, you don't want an onion sandwich no more. Once you done had good fresh watermelon, you don't want rotten melons anymore. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Once you done sat down at the table, you don't want crumbs no more. Why is the devil fighting the church so much? He can't steal your salvation, but he don't want you to have your sphere of influence. Amen. 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 
As long as you engage yourself. He's not worried about you tearing up his kingdom. One of the saddest things I, I, I saw at the zoo years ago was I went to the bird of prey area. And it's a big area, but it's closed in. And I saw this eagle who was sitting on top of this, I think it was even an artificial tree. But he was sitting on the very top, just inches away from the top of the cage, and he was looking dignified. <laughs> like an eagle. The only problem is, he wasn't that high up. But he was as high as the encampment would allow him to go. He, he knew he was an eagle, so, so he, he, he picked the highest spot that he could possibly go, and he sat there wishing, knowing there was something higher, knowing that on the inside something was wrong, knowing he wasn't satisfied there. My question is, is there anybody in the house not satisfied? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Wonder if we've got, we feel for this eagle, so we go down and cut the cage and cut the top off. Now watch this. Just because the top is removed don't mean he's gonna fly high. You know why? Because his mind has been conditioned that this is as high as I can go. So even though the cage has been opened up, he will still find himself. I hate to say it, but many of us who are Christians, the Lord Jesus has removed the top of the cage. We don't have to be limited in who we are or what we can do. God got businesses, books, ministries inside of us. But because we've been caged up for so long, we still only go as high as we are comfortable with. And what God is trying to do is, I'm changing your paradigm. I'm transitioning you from what you used to be to who you are, and I'm trying to get you to believe beyond what you, what you know. I'm trying to get you to trust me, and my truth will set you free. Turn to your neighbor and say, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Listen, listen, it's truth upon truth upon truth upon truth that sets you free. The next truth for you gonna take you higher. Listen, that's why it's dangerous to come to church and not pay attention. Because perhaps the truth that God had for you was when you was talking to somebody else and it went right by you. And that next truth is gonna take you to your next highest level. But because you wasn't paying attention. Go have mercy. Listen, 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 listen. This is our story. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Read it out of Amplified. He says, said, I, I, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren. He's talking to Christians. He said, I beg you, in the view of all of God, all of his mercy, all that he has done, all that he has provided for us to walk in, I beg of you, brethren means Christians, those that are saved already, I'm begging you to, to make a decisive dedication, make a decision to dedicate 
your body, your mind, your thinking, all of you. Next verse do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Renew your thinking, because in your thinking is your deliverance. You know what's, what's so awesome? The devil don't have chains on us spiritually no more. But if he can keep our thinking limited, then he still got us chained up. Renew your mind by his new idea, new attitude. He said entirely renew it. That means that 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 that, that which when my self-talk is not what the word says about me, I need to erase my self-talk. When, 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 we, when, we, when we allow the tape of what we used to be to keep on playing, we need to erase the tape. When we allow other folks to define who we are, and they're not telling me what the word says. Oh, let me speak to somebody. I don't care if your mama, your daddy, your granddaddy, your grandma, your husband, your wife, if they're not speaking into you what the word says about you. Hold on, hold on. I'm speaking to you. You need to quit downing yourself and start speaking what the word says until it gets down the inside. Why? Because we can always go as high as we think we can fly. Is anybody in here think they can fly? Is anybody in here really think they can reach the sky? See, see, all of us on Sunday morning, when the preacher preaches, say that, but Sunday night. Some of us, the devil got us like this. You'll never be happy. You'll never be nothing. Your time is over. Some of us have missed our opportunity because we've been listening to the wrong voices. Adam, who told you you was naked? I didn't tell you you are naked. Why are you listening to a voice that don't mean you no good? Why are you listening to your enemy whose agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy? We live between two polar opposite forces that are working on us 24 7. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Lord Jesus said, I came to give you life more abundantly because what I have planted in you is more than what you can imagine. Who I have called you to be is amazing. I have made you to be an instrument of my glory. And I need you as the church to take authority so that your sphere of influence will affect those around you. But if your thinking is just like the world, then the devil has impeded your thinking and your light isn't bright enough to make a difference. What I'm trying to show you, that when we move away from our everyday life 
and look at the cosmos of what this is really all about and where the battle lies, this is it. Yes, You see, we're the only light of God that's on the earth. And if the devil dims our light, our influence to bring about change in other folks is diminished. Though he can't do nothing about your salvation, if you really know him, his next agenda is to stop your light from shining so that your sphere of influence on the earth will be limited. He's afraid that you get a loose and become who you're supposed to be. Listen, the devil is more afraid than you are of him. Because to be honest with you, he can't touch you, you're covered. Do you know you're covered? Is there anybody in the house know they're covered? He may mess with your stuff. He may, he may he mess around with your stuff, but you're covered. Put on the whole armor, you're covered. Get up under his wing, you're covered. But watch this, but watch this, watch this. But notice that we go back to our base verse. It says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, cannot overtake, cannot stop, cannot impede, cannot hold back. The only person that is really holding me back is me. The only person holding you back is you. My brothers and sisters, we are the church. We have been established to bring about change in our sphere of influence. People can't explain you. Folks that used to know you and know what you used to do don't understand why you don't do what you used to do. Let me talk to them over here. You know you wasn't always holy all your life. And when you used to be jacked up, messed up from the floor up, and was doing what everybody else was doing, and all of a sudden you stopped. You know when you used to cuss like a sailor? Y'all, 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 y'all. I know you sweet saint now. I know, I know, I know you're a holy roller now. I know, but there was a time when folks were scared that your tongue might get looser. And now, there's been such a change in you that it bears witness that your God is God. Isaiah 61. I went to verse three and four, but allow me to back up to one because I, I think we missed this. I, I think that the church has um, missed the second part of salvation. Let, let me explain. We measure on the fact that we are no longer under condemnation because Jesus paid the price for our sins. That's number one. I, I think we ought to major on that. Amen. I, th I think we ought to see that. I, I think we ought, ought to know that. Amen? Amen? I'm closing this because I'm wrapping up, okay? Um, I, I, I think that, that, that we ought to know that. But I think that the church has missed Isaiah 61. And, and, if, and if you really know the truth about it, in Luke 4, 18, which is the verses that I was called from, that when the Lord called me, uh, the Bible fell out my bed because I used to sleep with the Bible up under my bed because I was under spiritual attack at that time. And no telling what I would have saw when I woke up. But I was ready. I, I dealt with that type of stuff. So I had the Bible up under my bed, but, but I thought I turned the light off. I'm sure I did. 
So the Bible fell out my bed, woke me up. When I went to reach for my Bible, my thumb slid between the pages. And as I picked up my Bible, I was thinking, why is my light on? And as, as I picked up, the Holy Spirit fell on me. This was in a succession that I had a vision that I'm not going to tell you the night before. So as I picked the Bible, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me. And as I opened up, my Bible fell open. I knew God was turning my head to the right side. But I kept on looking at the left side. Because I wasn't quite sure I wanted to know what the Lord wanted to say on the right. I'm just being honest. I, I'm just being honest. So after this battle of God trying to push my head and me saying, I like this side, when I looked over, the words came out of the page, and it is Jesus quoting Isaiah 61 through 3. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. You won't see that up there because I didn't give him that. He has anointed me to preach the good news. He has anointed me to preach to heal the broken to set the captives free, to slay at liberty those that's been bruised or down trodden. It goes on to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn, to, 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 to grant consolation and his joy to those who mourn Zion, to give them a, a ornament, a, a garland, a denim of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, garment expression of praise instead of heaviness, burden, and fallen spirit. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I came to take away your hurt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. He says, listen to what he's saying. I not only take away the sins that you have done, but I came to heal you from those that have hurt you. Listen to me, because I think that this second part of our salvation package has been left untaught for too long. I think that we've been walking broken hearted when we don't have to. I think that we've been in captivity to what was done to us when the Lord has set the cage free. I think that we have been like this eagle, still looking down at the past when we ought to be looking up towards the future. Matter of fact, if I remember right, the eagle that was on top of the tree wasn't looking up. He was looking down. Eagles look up because they are drawn towards the sun. That's why they fly high. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Are you an eagle that's looking down instead of looking up? And you're looking down because of what you did not have? Because of what happened in your past? Because of the hurt that life has thrown at you? Listen. You will go in the area in which you are looking. I remember, I remember, I remember walking in on an incident on somebody who just passed. And the strangest thing, they was in the living room and, and, and they was on their back. So I never, I never seen this before. God understand. I, I, I get called, so I've seen a lot of people who have, have died and, 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 and when they die, you, you die in the position or you fall in the position that your head is in. And I asked, I said, did anybody moving? They said, nobody moving. And I said, do you know what this means? It means that when he died, he was looking up. Because that's the only way 
he could have felt backwards. Because he fell in the direction. And since his head was looking up, the weight of his head pushed him back. You go in the direction that you look. And the devil has tricked some of us that we still looking at the past instead of looking up at the future. We still have to let go of what the past did and trust God for what he's going to do. Listen, your healing is in Jesus. He would take the, the hurt of your life, the pain of your life, and bring beauty out of it. Listen, the miracle, the miracle, I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished. The miracle is not what he has kept us from. It's what he brought us through. Y'all need to hear me. The miracle of Jesus is, is that he is greater than whatever the devil tried to do to you. Oh, yes, he is. See, the miracle of Jesus is that the devil can throw his best at you. But if God got you, the devil can't break you. And he can't stop you from reaching your potential. The miracle is when you tell your story from where you came from and how God had lifted you that the world would say, there must be a God somewhere. The miracle is that through the ashes, through the brokenness, through the hurt, I still rise. The miracle is that God reaches down to the other low and picks you up to the other high. The miracle is that the church been through the same thing everybody else been through. But with Jesus on our side, here we are, victorious, more than conquerors. Watch this. Hard concept. Now, I, I hesitate in telling you this because I don't want you to misconstrue. Heard a man in this interview, tough interview he was given because he was a man that was molested as a child. And the interview had the wisdom to ask the question, have Jesus ever showed you where he was when this was happening to you? Yes, God understand this man has a worldwide ministry now. Dealing with those who have been abused. Yes, yes. He's healed now. He's on the other side now. So now he goes back in that darkness with his light. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he gives others who have no hope, hope. Because now he's able to tell them the same God that kept me, the same God that brought me, the same God that brought me through is the same God that would do it for you. Is there anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? Is there anybody understand where I'm coming from? Nobody, nobody but Jesus. The man said this. The man said this. He said, he said, he said, he said. The scene went back to the same thing. He said, but this time, Jesus was there. He did not stop what was happening. He said, but he reached up inside of me and put his hands over my heart. So that no matter what was happening, it did not, it could not touch my heart. He was there holding me. So no matter 
what the devil tried to do. Jesus had his hands on me. He allowed it to happen, but he did not allow it to destroy me. I think that needs some praise. The devil was trying to destroy you, but Jesus kept you. The devil tried to mess you up for life, but when you give it to Jesus, he will bring out of you the best in you. Hold on. I'm almost finished. I'm almost done. Watch this. Watch this. Don't you remember in the Old Testament that the Lord allowed them to throw the three Hebrew boys in the fire? But there appeared someone like the Son of God in the fire with them. I'm so glad. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm so glad that in my fire, when I look back over my life and I look at what I've been through, I'm so glad that though I thought I was by myself, though I thought that, that there was nobody there, now that I look back, I recognize that Jesus, that Jesus was there all the time. Sometimes I wonder why he didn't catch the trouble, why he didn't catch the situation. But now I realize, though he didn't catch the trouble, though he didn't catch the situation, he caught, 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 he caught me. Is there anybody in the house? He caught you. He caught you. He caught you. Do the pain. Do the. If he wasn't able to keep you and heal you through it, he wouldn't allow you to go through it. When you get to the other side of your healing, hallelujah, hallelujah, nobody but Jesus. Some of you, he especially anointed to go back and pull others out. Listen, I don't want nobody to leave me that ain't been through nothing. If I'm going to allow you to step into my darkness, show me your darkness. Show me what you've been through. And when I see that you understand where I'm at and you know the way out, I'll follow you as you follow Jesus. Because if he did that for you, he can do that for me. That is what the church yes. is all about. Yes. Yes. Wow. This just hit me, and I'm thrilled. This is what I hear the Spirit saying. He said, you all are my trophies. I have you in my display case. So when the devil proclaimed that don't nobody love me, I said, look at them. So when the devil says to God, won't nobody serve you? Look at them. When the devil says, let me hide them, and I will make them curse you to your face, God says, you can have them while I hold them. And when you get through with doing your best, watch them still praise. Watch them still love. 
Because this is what God is saying. He said, because my goodness will outshine your darkness any day. Any day. understanding. The greater the pain, the more he shows up and show you himself. And he'll show you he's greater than anything that this world and the devil can do to you. He's just that good. Y'all need to hear me. He's just that good. Turn to somebody and say, he's just that good. No, 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 they didn't hear you say, he's just that good. He's just that good. Right now, he's just that good. Come on, let's shout it to the world. He's just. 